0: just five chapters called the book of Lamentations. Lamentations, of course, written by Jeremiah the prophet. And if you're able to this morning, let's stand for the reading of God's word. If you notice our theme on the slide and, of course, up on the front walls, go back one, is uh, Jeremiah 6, verse 16. And notice Jeremiah said, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and notice, and see. And so, God led me to this small series that we're in that will bring us up to the uh, Easter Sunday service, and of course, I'm looking forward to preaching right up to uh, the, the cross and of course, the, the sacrifice of our Lord, but this series about remember, uh, we're real good at forgetting things, and uh, we, we remember the things we shouldn't remember. And so this morning, we're going to look at some other aspect. Now, last week, we were in James, and we were reminded about the trials and how that are the trying of our faith, all right, work with patience. And so today, we come to Lamentations chapter 3, and if you look in verse 21, Jeremiah writes, this I recall to my mind. Notice, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Can I get an amen on that? Because His compassions fail not. They are new, how often? Every morning. morning. Let's say those last four words together. Great is thy, God is a faithful God. And that's what we're going to study this morning, let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are pray that you'd bless your word God we came to meet with you this morning and we don't deserve your goodness but I know this we are so thankful that you're always there you are always faithful that is your nature and God may we be faithful to you we pray this in your son's name amen you may be seated this morning thank you for standing I was reminded of a story a while back about a man that had a problem. Many of us do. This particular man's problem was he liked to drink a lot. And he found himself one day going to his favorite, as they call it, watering hole. He found himself there sitting on a bar stool for many hours, drink after drink after drink. Matter of fact, he got to the point where he was so inebriated that he fell off the stool, hit the ground, and just laid there, passed out. He had a couple friends that were there with him, and his friends, they 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 too uh partook, but they decided that they were tired of his problem. He was like this often, and they thought to themselves, we're gonna teach him a lesson. Well, they were talking about what to do and how they could teach him a lesson, and somebody there at the the bar owned and had a jar of Limburger cheese in the back room. Went back there and got it, brought it out, and handed it to them. And they got got this little scheme worked up. And so what they decided to do to their friend that was laying their past out was they, they opened up the jar and they took their finger and scooped some of that Limburger cheese out and smeared it on his mustache right underneath of his nose. Well, he laid there for a while, And eventually, he started to come around, and he sat up, and he looked at his friends, and he goes, man, this place stinks. He said, I'm going home. So he staggered out of there, made it to his house, staggered in the front door, and his wife, his loving wife, met him. And he saw his wife, and he goes, it stinks in here. I'm going to bed. And so he went up, got into his bed, passed out woke up in the morning and sat up in bed and, man, it stinks. So he says, I'm getting ready and I'm going to work. So he got ready, went to work, and he got to work and there he was and he's talking to a coworker, and he, he took, a, took a breath and he said, boy, it stinks here. I'm going outside. So he went outside and he took a big breath and went, man, it, the whole world stinks. He didn't realize That the problem wasn't the world. The problem was under his own nose. The problem was him. You ever met somebody like that? Somebody who thinks that everything around them, everyone around them, uh, maybe has something in their life when they never stop to consider that maybe there's something wrong in their own life. They develop this attitude, Christians even at times, that the whole world stinks. My family stinks, my friends stink my job stinks, even my church stinks. When again, the problem is not their family and it's not their friends, it's not their co-workers, it's not their church. The problem is under their nose. The problem really is in their heart. Many people are like this. They don't realize the problem is in themselves. But this morning, if you are saved, no doubt there are times in our lives where things can, as we saw last week, go wrong. But even when things go wrong in our lives, I know this, that I still have a lot to be thankful for. God is good all the time. God has been so good to us, and despite the trials that James says tries us, we should be thankful for a God who is faithful to us. Last week, we looked at a few of these verses, Psalm 105, verse 5 remember his marvelous works that he hath done his wonders and the judgments of his mouth notice also psalm 77:11 i will remember the works of the lord surely i will remember thy wonders of old i really believe that when a christian a child of god has this attitude that everything around him stinks that they really have not been remembering, as the Bible says, the wonderful works of God. God has been so good to us, but many times we forget that. Now, how can we be reminded? Well, that's why you came this morning, and hopefully you have in your hand a copy of God's Word. And as we open the Word of God, guess what happens is everything around us seems to smell a whole lot better. Life doesn't stink, as we have said. We're reminded of many things as we open up the Word of God. We're reminded of God's faithfulness. So this morning from Jeremiah, how can we remember the faithfulness of God? Well, I think there's three things, and I love each one of these. I hope that there are three things that you remember when you leave here. I hope there are three things that you carry with you every day as you're facing the challenges of life, there are areas that God is always faithful. Notice the first one this morning is, we need to remember that God is faithful to forget. Now again, notice verse 22, the Bible says this, it says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Now I think all of us would agree, God knows all things, right? Amen? God knows everything, but understand when we say that God is faithful to forget, we're saying that God chooses to forget some things. See, we're real good about remembering things that we should not remember. Oftentimes, and even this morning, we'll give an invitation and and we'll invite people to come to the Lord, to, to cast your cares upon Him. And many times what we do is we'll come, we'll cast our burdens on Him, but then we'll get up and we'll walk back to our seat, we'll walk back out the doors, we'll go about our lives, and we will not forget the things that we gave to God. We will carry them with us. But yet the Bible tells us, look in Hebrews 8, 12, God says, I will be merciful to your unrighteousness, and notice their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. God says, I'm not going to remember them. I am faithful to forget. Aren't you glad when you got saved that God doesn't remember your sins? We have been justified just as if we had never even been a sinner. God is saying that I'm going to be faithful to forget. I was thinking about a story I heard years ago about a man that was with his friend, and he would, they were having this conversation, and it got on to this topic about marriage. And he said, you know, he said, every time in my house, whenever something goes wrong with something I've done He said, My wife seems to get historical. And he said, "Uh, No, I think you mean your wife gets hysterical. And he goes, No, she gets historical because she brings up everything that I've done in the past. Now, ladies, don't be that way. But many times we will not forget something. Well, aren't you glad that God doesn't bring up our bad? That God is faithful to forget those things in our lives. Well, listen, why would God do that? Well, He does it by His mercy. His mercies are new every morning. Well, notice a couple ways that God is faithful by His mercy. Letter A, He is faithful by His mercy that, that we are sustained. We are not self-made. Many times we think we are. But I'll tell you what we are. We are blessed of God. We, we sing that song and say those words, God bless America. The only reason we could say that is because of the good hand of our God upon our nation. But understand that many times we live like we are self-made. It is my job. It is my money. The fact that we are still here is a tribute to the mercy of our great God. Uh, if, you, if you look there with me you know it's I love the verse Malachi 3.6. For I am the Lord, I change not Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Now if you want a simple illustration or definition, because many times we don't understand Bible words, and so many times the word mercy is one of those that people struggle with. I've given you a simple illustration or definition here. Notice what is mercy. It is withholding punishment or something bad from someone that deserves it. Now, listen, that is God withholding it from us. Notice, and maybe this happened to you, I, I remember at least one time when I was younger that I did something that I should not have done, and the teacher made me write it over and over and over again as my punishment so that I would never forget what I had done. Now, listen, God hasn't done anything wrong. God is only good. But notice here that God says, by my mercy... I will not punish, notice who, the guilty, because we're all guilty. All have sinned, the Bible says. So as we think about what we're talking about here, when we're talking about being sustained, being kept by the mercy of God, God is saying that, listen, you deserve some things, but I'm not going to give them to you. I'm glad that God withholds those things. God has chosen to forget our sins based on the blood of His own Son, Jesus. If we all got what we deserved, you know what that would be? It would be a one-way ticket to hell. That's what we deserve. You and I deserve that. Look at Romans 6.23. Most of us know, for the wages or the payment of sin is what? Death. It's talking about separation. Look, my wage, as it says there in Romans 6.23, what I deserve, I do not deserve heaven. My wage, my deserving payment, is separation from God forever. That's what we deserve, but by His grace and by His mercy, God has saved us. Notice with me Psalm 86.15, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Psalm 35, for his anger endureth but for a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Psalm 106, nevertheless, he regarded their affliction When he heard their cry, and he remembered, notice, he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. Time and time again, God could have judged Israel, but what was God? He was merciful unto them. And notice that as God was merciful unto them, God can be merciful unto us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Listen, look, by His mercy, you and I are sustained. But not only that, but by His mercy, we are supplied. I love this, how it says in verse 23 of chapter 3 of Lamentations, they, talking about the mercies of God, are new how often? Every morning. Now, uh, listen, I've been saved for 38 years. And, and all those years, I, I've never done this, but when I was studying this week and I read that verse, I thought to myself, okay, now I'm not good with math, so I had to get out a calculator. And so I did my math based on the number of years I've been saved, the number of, years, uh, number of days in a year, and to this very day. So when I did the math, here's what I came up with, 13,927 days I've been a child of God. Now, if that doesn't excite you, it may not be the number for your life, but listen, you can do your own math. I don't have my calculator with me, but here's what that meant to me as I looked at verse 23, is that's 13,927 days, day after day after day, God says, here's new mercy, here's new mercy. For 13,927 times, God says, my mercy is new every day. And every day you ought to give up and say, God, listen, that's what I need today. I don't deserve it. You can withhold it from me if you want. But God, if you would give me your mercy today, God says, I have it for you every single day. Some of you are thinking, listen, I need more of God's mercy as I go along in life. Most of us know, and you look at the verse here, Philippians 4.19 but my God, not your God, my God shall, that's the promise of God. Listen, my God shall supply all your what? All your need. Now notice, all your need, well how? According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, it's because of his son. God says, I'm going to supply what you need by my mercy. We don't have to worry. Why? Because we have a God that is merciful that will meet our needs. I love David's testimony. This verse has meant so much to me over the years. Psalm 37, 25, David says, I was young, but now I'm old. That's kind of becoming my life's verse. You know, I'm getting there. Even Brother Joel, he was a young guy when he came here last time, you know, The reason he shaves his head is because he takes all the gray off, you know. But here's the thing is, David said, look, I was young, I'm older now, but he says, in all those years that I've been God's child, notice he says, I have not seen the righteous forsaken by God, nor his seed begging for bread. He says, God has been faithful. God has taken care of His people. God has provided so many things. One of those things that God provides for us is His strength. Notice in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, let us therefore come how? Boldly unto the throne of grace. And by the way, listen, I'm going to tell you something. God instructs us, come boldly. You can come with confidence before me. Now listen, I do believe that we ought to have a A holy reverence and awe because we are approaching God. We are on holy ground. But understand this morning that as we come boldly, why do we come? That we may obtain what? Mercy. Now watch this. God will give us, look what it says here. And we will find grace to help in time of what? Time of need. Do you have need this morning? God can supply whatever your need is this morning. Listen, you didn't come to me this morning. I hope you came with your your cares and your burdens, and you can bring them to the great burden bearer, the one that can supply what you need. Why? Because he is merciful in forgetting our sins and loving us, even though we are sinners, he loves us. See, God is faithful to forget. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Boy, if if that was the whole message, that would be enough right there. But let's let's look at the second thing this morning. God is faithful to feed us. Now, listen, I I think about what the Bible says when we get saved. It calls us new babes in Christ. How old is your baby again? Four weeks. Four weeks. Have you seen Brother Kenny and Miss Becky's little boy? Yeah, you need to introduce him and your daughter all right and uh so so four weeks what a what a blessing to have a new life and here's this baby that she has, and and Brother Kenny and Miss Becky have a little baby it, it's been so long ago. my baby is twenty eight you know I was holding uh, I was holding little Nathan this morning, and I was like, man, it's been a while, you know. But, but listen, I love it because when you, when you think about what the Bible calls us, we are babes in Christ. Well, babies have to be fed. If you want a baby to grow, you know, I remember uh, yesterday, uh, Kenny and Becky showed up and the choir, was they're, they're getting ready for the Easter services and, 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 and they, I can't believe this, they set Nathan down in the hallway back there and just walked away, child neglect. I mean, I almost called the authorities on him. You know, they just started. Even Becky's mom, grandma's here, and she walked away. I'm like, nobody loves this kid, you know, and and so here he is back here, and he's and he's 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 starting to scream and cry, and and so Becky finally went back and got him, you know. She had a little mercy on him, you know, and brought him in here and. And so I came in here, you know, and I listen, I'm no authority, but I, I did raise four kids. Well, my wife did, I was there. But but we we had four kids. And so so I came in and I said I, listen, that boy is hungry. And Becky said, "Pastor, I know. I'm trying to get his trying to get the bottle and all and so she got the bottle and his little arms are going like this you know and and she's trying to get the bottle and and she's trying to get it between the arms and she finally gets it up and i mean he got that bottle and his little jaw started going like this and i mean he needed that because he needs to grow well listen when you get saved god says i want you to grow but many christians they never reach their potential i mean look It'd be one thing, and it would be an awesome thing if Brother Joel and his wife went to Haiti just to see people get saved. But who, who has a baby and leaves the baby on the doorstep? You don't abandon the baby. You feed the baby. You want the baby to grow. And God says, look what, through Peter, look what he says here in 1 Peter 2.1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile, and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, look at this, as newborn babes desire, in other words, this is something that you should want for your life, it says, desire the sincere milk of the what? Of the Word. Now, why? That ye may grow thereby. If so, how about this? Be ye have tasted, how many of you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, right? Right? I'm going to tell you something. When you read the Bible, when you get in the Word of God, it starts to do something for you. It starts to help you. Now, listen, a person that's not saved does not understand that. But, boy, we that are saved, we understand the importance of God's Word in our lives. God wants us, again, look at verse 1, to lay aside some wrong things. God wants us to lay aside Malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies. Why? Because that's what we were before we got saved. But he says, now that you are saved, you're newborns. He says, through my word, I want to help you grow. See, we need to develop, it says here, an appetite for what God has to say. Look, I hope you didn't come this morning to hear what I had to say, or I hope it's not about what somebody else has to say. Brother Flynn says all the time, listen, Pastor, I don't even, I don't even use commentaries. Many times I don't either. You know what commentaries are? There's something that somebody else studied the Bible, and they wrote it down, and then they put it into a, a, some sort of form, and then they sell it to somebody else. Hey, listen, we all have the Holy Spirit of God. We all have the same teacher, and we all need to get in the Word of God. And so the Bible tells us that we need to get into it. God wants to grow us. He wants us to be fed by Him. Well, how can we do that? Only by laying aside some things and understanding what we are in Christ. Look, there are some things that the Bible does for us. Notice, first of all, God's Word nourishes us. Just like that bottle for for Nathan. Jeremiah said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Look, God's word tastes good. It doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth. It helps us. It nourishes us. You can't make it through life on junk food. Now, many Christians, and look, I didn't come up with this terminology, but I'll just share it this morning. A lot of times, here's what people do. A Christian will get up and go, oh, wait, I need to spend time with God. And here's what they'll do. They'll have what many call a Twinkie devotion. And you all know what a Twinkie is? It's lard. That's what it is. Now, if you enjoy a sponge with a little cream shoved in the middle of it, then you go ahead and eat that. But I'll tell you this, you eat enough of those Twinkies and you're going to get big for Jesus in the wrong way. Some of you will get that later on. What you need is you need a spiritual diet. You need something that's going to nourish you. You know, my wife and I, we have, we've really been trying. We, we cut out, I know, I know this is bad to say, but we cut out sugar. It's amazing how different I feel. It's amazing how even the weight that I've lost and just, just, just the difference. In, we don't even think about the stuff that we put into our bodies. Listen, if there's something that ought to be going into us, it ought to be God's Word. God's Word nourishes us. Look at this. God's Word furnishes us. See, it gives us all the answers that we need. I had somebody in our church this past week that texted me and said, Pastor, I was reading my Bible, and I saw this. What, what does this mean? And I, I gave an answer back, and then we back and forth a couple of times. Hey, listen, you know what? I thought that's awesome that we have somebody that is a babe or somebody that's growing, that's in the Bible, that wants to know what the Bible says. They're studying the Word of God. Listen, the Bible, get into it, because if you're looking for an answer to whatever you're dealing with, it is in the Bible. Now, the problem is, (laughs) if it doesn't jump off the page, then it's like, well, I don't see my answer. That's why you have to allow the Lord to show you, to guide you. I think Jesus said that he was going to send a comforter that would guide us into all truth. He's going to teach us all things. And so when I think about this importance of being furnished, I think about 2 Timothy 3.16. Look at this. How much scripture is given by inspiration of God? All. Every last bit of it. And when it says inspiration of God, it's it's talking about it's God breathed. These are God's words. Well, God gives us his words. Why? Notice, it is profitable, the Bible says, for doctrine, to help us to know what we ought to believe. It's profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Listen, God's word is profitable. Notice it says that the man of God, and that includes you ladies, may be perfect. It's talking about a spiritual maturity about us that we would grow, watch this, that we would be truly furnished unto all good works. See, as God's Word does its work in our lives, look, there are times, even sometimes when you come to church where God's Word will help you in one way. But listen, it might even convict you. It might cut you. It might, it might not be something you want to hear. But can I tell you that all Scripture is profitable. It's good for you. It furnishes you. It nourishes you. Look at this. It encourages you. Sometimes, you know, that's what we all need is just an encouraging Word. Some of, I see people come in here on Sundays and I could see the look on their face the week they've had, maybe a trial they're going through. You know, Sometimes when we go out, maybe to a restaurant or somewhere, sometimes I'll get a waitress. And I could just tell that something's not right in her life. Maybe she's having a bad day. And I'm not always this way, but I try to be this way. I, just, I, I try to lift her spirits, just say an encouraging word. We don't realize the power of our words they can influence for good or bad. But when I think of the Bible, listen, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable. The Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. God's Word will encourage us. And as you think about this, I love what Timothy Dwight said. He said, the Bible is a window in this prison world through which we may look into eternity, as we look into the Bible, we get a glimpse of God. As we look in the Bible, we get a glimpse of. The things that God values, we look in the Bible, we might even get a glimpse of heaven. God's word will encourage us as believers in the Lord. Notice what it says in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Why? Because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which... Worketh, notice, it effectually worketh also in you that believe. God's Word is working in us. That's why you need to get into it. God says, look, I want to feed you. I don't want you to stay a baby. You know, I, I don't think Brother Kenny and Miss Becky and, and the deceivers here want their daughter or their son to stay a baby. They want them to grow. And God says, listen, I don't want you to spiritually to stay a baby. You ought to do a self-check this morning. Now listen, I've been saved, like I said, 38 years. I have not arrived. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I've not yet apprehended. I've got a long way to go in my Christian life. But I will tell you this, you ought to be farther down the road today than you were the day you got saved. If you're still back here, watch this, sucking on the bottle, something's wrong because God's given you the food. But you, not, you have not been taking it in. We need to allow God to feed us. See, the natural man, he doesn't understand. The unsaved person doesn't understand the Bible. They don't understand the importance of it. But when we get saved, I hope you're like me. I hope you want to know about the Bible. You know, I always get encouraged sometimes. and Some of you might, might want to try this sometime. I'll go back to the children's area sometime after church, and, and I'll, I'll see where the children will write something on the board or whatever. You know, those children, they have a desire. They're desiring the sincere milk of the Word of God because they want to grow. And I listen, I, little boys and girls, many times, they know more about the Bible. They know more about doctrine than many adults that have been saved for years. And that's a shame on us. We need to make sure that we understand, listen, God is faithful to feed us. Now, look at the third thing I want you to see this morning. And if those two weren't enough, how about this one? God is faithful to forgive us. Are you glad you're forgiven today? His mercy is seen. And his forgiveness for us. Notice in your notes there, Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. In other words, listen, God, east and west, never meet. God says, it's that far. He says, listen, I have forgiven you that much. We all know 1 John 1, 9, look at this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, and he is just to forgive us of our sins sins. God is faithful. What He is? Listen, when you try to bring up something and you're, you're saying, God, listen, I, I did this, I did this, but you had already given it to God. God says this to you, listen, what sin are you talking about? I have chosen to forget that sin, and listen, I have forgiven you for that sin, but many times we want to bring that back up. Isaiah wrote this, these words that God said, I, even I, am he that blotteth out Thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Now, there's some things that we need to see this morning about God's faithfulness to forgive us. Notice, first of all, that we are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, many churches and many religions want to take out the blood, but the blood is so important. Because without the shedding of it, the Bible says there is no remission. Notice Ephesians 1.7, in whom we have redemption, talking about Jesus through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. I, I like the song, as you think about this, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. See, as we think about this, look, it is by the blood that was shed that our sins were atoned for. It's not the baptistry, it's not church membership, it's not doing good that saves us. It is only by the blood of Jesus that can wash away our sins. Uh, That one day that John the Baptist was out in the wilderness and all the people were coming out to John and John was doing the work that God had given him to do. And one day John saw a man coming, walking towards him and John told everybody that day, notice in your notes here, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the what? Of the world. Jesus came to take the sins away. Sin hath left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. The Bible says in Hebrews nine twenty two: Almost all things are by the law purged with blood. But, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, no remission of sin. Got a call last night, actually, it was a text last night, late and i was I had had a long day, and I'd gotten into bed and I was ready to to go to sleep you know and I had laid down, and all of a sudden, my phone went off, and I heard it, and sometimes i'll get various things, and so I I just laid there Then I heard it again, then I heard it again, and usually if I hear it a couple times, that means it's probably something pretty important, and so I got out of bed, and I went over to my phone, and I picked up my phone, and I looked at it. It was a text from my daughter in California, Abby, and she was, it was to the family, And it says, I just want all of you to know that Brooklyn trusted Christ as her Savior tonight. That's my oldest grandchild. Chris and Abby's daughter, they were here for a couple years. And I thought, now that was worth getting out of bed for. My daughter said, that's an answer to prayer. She said, we've been praying for her salvation for some time. My two oldest grandchildren now will be in heaven someday because they put their faith in Christ. You see, we have Vacation Bible School, Brother Joel had Vacation Bible School, 700 kids, that boggles my mind, 700 kids, what do you do with 700 kids? But hey, Brother Joel lost all his hair, so it must, must, must have happened. But <clears throat> there's many ways that you can share about God's forgiveness, God being faithful to give, forgive. One of those is what I'm holding in my hand right here, some of you may have seen this before, but if you notice It's a little booklet, but it doesn't have a word on it. It's called the wordless book. And so as you open this up, what you find is the first page is what color? And black stands for our sin. Of course, there's many verses that you can share talking about the sin in our lives. See, when God looks at us before we are saved, this is what God sees, the blackness of our sin. And so many times we'll talk to boys and girls about the sin in their lives. And then you turn the page, and the page is what color? Red. And, of course, red stands for the blood, the blood of Jesus Christ. See, it's not by the blood of bulls and goats, but it's by the blood of God's own dear Son, the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. And you see, if the blood has been applied, if somebody has put their faith in Christ, then you can turn the next page. And the next page is what color? White. White is the color of purity. Jesus has washed us clean. It's only through his blood that we can be pure. And see, once a person's saved, it changes everything because what's the next color? gold. Because we're saved, we can go to heaven someday. But see, God's given us what we call the Christian life. And you see, God doesn't want the Christian life, once you've been saved, to count for nothing. God wants us to green, grow. See, that's the Christian life. But the most important color in that is the color red, because Jesus died For our sins. See, that's what life is all about, coming to understand why Jesus came. And it's through his blood that we have been forgiven. But not only that, look at this, God is faithful to forgive because we are forgiven for his sake. For his sake. No church can forgive you. I was led to believe that when I was a child, that you could go to a church and you could tell an individual and that your sins could be forgiven. No, no, the Bible says that we are only forgiven for his sake. God, who is a righteous God, could not let unrighteousness into heaven, but for the sake of Jesus, God forgives us. Notice 1 John 2, uh, 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. Hey, we're reminded in Colossians 3, 13. The Bible says forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any... Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. What a great way to understand that He forgave us of our sins. Why? For His sake. Notice also, we are forgiven for our unrighteousness. Again, the Bible tells us in Romans 3, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, we've all missed the mark. And by the way, Romans three twenty three. if you ever study the word all, here's what the word all means. It means all. Everyone. We've all come short of the glory of God. If you're here this morning thinking, well, I'm a good person. Listen, you might be a good person morally, but spiritually speaking, the Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. Every last one of us, Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And I love Romans 5, 8. God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But notice the very next verse, verse 9. Much more than being now justified, there it is, we're saved, we are justified in the eyes of God. Well, how is that possible? By His blood we shall be saved from wrath through him. Again, you look at 1 John 1, nine. again. Earlier, we looked at the first part of the verse. He Look, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? All. Now, look at the very next verse, 1 John one ten. If we say that we have not sinned, then guess what we're doing? We make God a what? A liar. That's what the Bible says, folks. And his word is not in us. You see, God is God and he's faithful. And the reality is, is God knows. Listen, God knows, whether you want to admit it or not, God knows we all fall short, that we're all unrighteous. But God's son, Jesus, was perfect in every way. And it is through his sacrifice, the giving of his blood, that he, God, has made us right. So this morning, when you think about what Jeremiah is sharing with us, three things about God's faithfulness. Notice that as we think about this, we see in Psalm 86 and verse 5, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. See, do you need God's mercy today? Do you need God's forgiveness today? It's a true story that I found about years ago. There was someone that passed away, and not a lot of people knew the individual. But up in the city of New York, there are many cemeteries, but in one cemetery, there's a gravestone that is all by itself that has no name, no inscription on it, just has one word on that grave marker. And the one word is the word forgiven. No date of birth. No other information on it. But the reality is, is that that's the only thing that matters. Is have you been forgiven by God? See, God is a faithful God. He's faithful to forget your sins. He's faithful to give us his word to feed us. And he's faithful to forgive us and give us a home in heaven someday. You see, we've looked at Lamentations 3, verses 21 through 23, but I want you to notice verse 24. Look at it. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. Where's your hope today? I hope it's in Him. You know why your hope needs to be in Him? Because He is faithful. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I want you to think about how faithful God has been. And I want you to, this morning to respond as God would direct you. This is called an invitation, an opportunity for you to come, maybe to thank God for His faithfulness, to thank God for forgetting your sin to thank God for His Word that feeds you. Maybe some of you might want to come this morning and admit to God, now remember, God knows all things, that you don't spend enough time in His Word. Some of you ought to come and say, God, I want to grow more this year. And the only way that's going to happen is if I'm going to be as faithful to reading Your Word as You've been faithful to me. Some of you ought to come today and say, God, thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for my salvation. If you need to be saved this morning, if this was your last day on this earth, are you 100% sure that you would open your eyes in the presence of God? Because if you're not sure of that, it doesn't matter what your age is, what the color of your skin is, what you've done in your life, But if you've never come to Christ and admitted that you're a sinner and that Christ died for your sins and that you're willing to put your faith and trust in Him and Him alone for your salvation. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Many have come. I want to ask you this morning, by an upraised hand, could you say with all certainty, I know that I'm saved. Could you raise your hand as a testimony, I'm saved and on my way to heaven. I see many hands all over the auditorium. You can put your hands down. Now, some of you were truthful, and you did not or could not raise your hand. You see, the Lord is speaking to you this morning. Whatever means He used to bring you here, it wasn't to get you to come to Bible Baptist Church. It was really to get Him to bring you to Him this morning. And if you're here today and you could not raise your hand, why don't you make today the day? that you surrender, you wave the white flag, you say, Lord, I need you in my life. I want to be saved. I want to have a home in heaven someday. If that's you this morning, no one's looking around, every head's bowed. But I want to pray for you in just a moment. Would you raise your hand this morning and just say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not saved, but I need to be pray that I would understand. Just slip your hand up. You can put it up, put it right back down. Pastor, I'm not saved, but I would like to know how to be saved. You could put it up and right back down. Anyone at all this morning. Lord, I thank you for this day, and I thank you for how you have worked in people's hearts and spoken to them through your word. God, I pray that you would bless, be with those that maybe could not raise their hand, that don't know you as Savior. Lord, thank you for speaking to your children. Lord, when I see Brother Joel's little baby girl, I see Nathan, 38 years ago, spiritually speaking, that's what I was. And I would like to think, and I do believe, that I'm a little older in the Lord today. I certainly am not as far along as I should be. But I'm thankful for your working in my life. Help me, help all of us to grow. Thank you for feeding us, being such a good father. Thank you for being faithful to forgive us and to forget the things in our lives that ought not to be there. Well, thank you for what you've done this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. God's people said,